When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to That's a Hard No, the podcast about learning to say no and set boundaries to live our best lives. I'm your host, Heather Drago. You may think because of this podcast that I'm a boundary setting expert, but I'm not. I'm an expert at struggling to set boundaries. But you know what? I'm working on it and it is getting easier. Follow along with me as I learn from fellow strugglers and experts so that you too can start saying no without feeling fear, guilt, or FOMO. for coming back on That's a Hard No. I'm so happy to see you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Great. We got so much great feedback from your last uh, episode where we talked about grief, and I think it helped a lot of people uh, sort of at a touchy time. So I'm excited to talk about this other area of expertise. We talked about grief before, and now we're going to talk about... um, basically child communicating with our children and at appropriate levels for their stage of development and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to just dive into some questions and we'll see where it goes. Okay, let's do it. Um, so how should a parent approach a difficult subject they want to bring up with their child? Like, like how do you start? What's the best way to introduce a tough subject? Well, I think there's a couple things you want to consider. So you, as a parent, a caregiver, you know your child best. So you kind of know what they're capable of managing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to come out all at once. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I have talked to a lot of parents um, uh, in, in my career about, you know, explaining a difficult diagnosis either the child's diagnosis mm. or the parent themselves mm-hmm. being diagnosed. And how do I or tell my child Or grandma and grandpa. Exactly, yeah. grandma grandpa. Yeah. Sure. So the first thing that you have to know is that it is a series of conversations. So right. it's not just one big conversation. The other thing is you want to go developmentally appropriate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, personally you're looking at my what I particularly know about my child And then also, you know, where they are developmentally, which can be a range, and what's appropriate for um, right now. So if we're having a bunch of conversations and we're looking, let's say, about talking about a diagnosis, what we're going to start off is little 
bits of information, realizing that you as an adult have a tendency to, you know, let's say if it's talking about cancer, you think of everything, everybody you've known, everything you've seen on the news, Mm -hmm. everything you've heard, Mm -hmm. your personal experiences, your fears, you know, what you know about chemotherapy. They don't have that same knowledge base and experience. So it's just a word without the connotations for them when they're younger. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're going to start by first exploring, you know, what do you know? Have you ever heard the word? You've probably noticed blank. So if there's already been changes, if, you know, grandma has been going to lots of doctor's appointments and we've been taking her and you're probably might maybe wondering what that's about. Um, Keeping in mind, kids are incredibly resilient and capable. So trust in that fact. You know, we want to jump ahead and be like, they're never going to be able. And some of that we're projecting Mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, I think kids, I have seen it over the course of time, manage many difficult conversations by trusting them and by being honest. Right. And so, again, we're going to sit down. We're going to say maybe, you know, like for the example of cancer, have you ever heard this word? Do you know anything about this? So here's what we know. The doctors found out, you know, that grandma has what's called cancer. There are many different types of cancer. And so, again, it's an ongoing conversation and dialogue. You're asking them questions. You are starting opening the door to many more conversations because oftentimes, and, you know, I sat down with a mom once and she she herself had a cancer diagnosis and she said, I need to tell the kids and I, ha- I don't know how to go about doing this. And I said, you know, to be honest, she had younger boys. I said, what they're going to want to know is that you can't catch it. They didn't do anything to cause it. How is it going to affect their life right now? Mm-hmm. You know, like w- what changes right mm-hmm. right today, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. week? And then they're going to want to play. And you have just opened the door to many conversations. And I said, and, and it might come up, especially at nighttime, but, you know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You're just opening the door. And she, you know, she gave me feedback later. She goes, oh, my gosh, it was just like you said. They were like, oh, um, okay. Are are you going to be okay? You know, and they, mm-hmm. and they ask the questions. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah. She said, you know, the doctors think so. They know what medicine that I'm going to need. And mm-hmm. we're going to start, you know, okay, can I go out in the backyard mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. And she said it was so anticlimactic, this big conversation mm-hmm. I thought was going to mm-hmm. be so huge. And, you know, not that there aren't harder conversations, but I think we sometimes work ourselves up so much. Don't you feel like introduce a, a tough topic with a little kid? They do the like, okay, are you okay? Can I go play? But then at nighttime, like you said, or the next day in the car, always in the car, mm-hmm. right? The, que- the the deep conversations happen and the questions pop up. And then, you know, you find out what they've been thinking about. Yes. It's, how, yeah. how they're processing it, right? In the drop-off line, 10 seconds before right. they're about to hop out. <laughs> and you're like, um, not, Wait. The, uh, yeah, not the time, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's so true. It's so true that, you, you know, one of the stories, and, and sometimes, and this is why asking questions is really good, mm-hmm. engaging in their understanding. You know, one of the, the stories that always stuck with me from when I was back in grad school was I had a professor who was a child life specialist, and she was saying she one time witnessed a physician come in and talk to a small child who had to have a kidney transplant. And she said he tried to do the most, you know, gentle and easy to understand explanation. And she thought overall he really did a good job of explaining, you know, 
this is what's going to happen with your kidney and, you know, so on and so forth. And then when he got done, he said, now, do you have any questions? And the child said, so is a kidney like an adult knee? <sighs> so, so gauging <sighs> where yeah. my child is at yeah. is so huge. And wow, what they know. They and, missed a step there. Yep. Yeah. And then and not, and not um, having to put everything. I mean, if you are, you know. First going to be starting, you know, with some doctor's appointments and then maybe down the road or looking at, you know, chemotherapy, you may or may not lose your hair. You do not need to, in the very first conversation, say, and then and then she might lose her hair and then blah, but it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. you're putting all mm-hmm. that. And again, that goes back to sort of recognizing your anxiety level before yeah. you ever head into the conversation right, right. and like, where am I at? And, and that doesn't mean, you know, I, I'm often saying, you know, we need to be aware when we have these conversations. And that is not to put added pressure. That is just sort of really to give you you as a parent or caregiver the break to say, okay, I can do this in little doses. This mm-hmm. isn't, you know, mm-hmm. and I can take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I think when we react in ways, um, so you've, you've had that conversation with your child, your child comes out of the bed at night. And if you're not in check with maybe where you are in that moment, you're going to react maybe in a way you then have some guilt over or you don't feel good about. And I I really think our negative reactions come from either one of three things. Either we just, we're out of balance. We are, you know, starving. We haven't stopped to eat. We are exhausted. We, you know, we, it's just been a day. Emotionally. Exactly. Yeah. Our fear our fear of mm-hmm. what will happen to the person we love, how will my child handle this, how am I going to make ends meet, whatever it is. So it's fear. So it's either, you know, we're out of balance, we're stressed, fear, or it can be a little bit deeper. You know, we're all like onions peeling away the layers. It can be that it's, we have an unmet need, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes, you know, we need them to be okay to be okay. And that's just a lesson of, no, it sort of has to work the other way around. We need to help ourselves set the boundaries in place so that we can get to a place of okay Right. And then we give from that cup. You right, know. right. Be the parent. Like, yeah. I think it's, I think sometimes when you're really in a tough situation, it, you can get in your head mm-hmm. and you kind of forget that, you know, you ha- you being a parent is a job, but there's a specific role in mind and you're, you know, you have to kind of put that parent hat on instead of the whatever it is, you know, the whoever's experiencing the thing or you don't want to pass on your stress. You don't want to spat. Um, your fears, all all that kind of yeah. stuff. I'm not saying it as eloquently as you do, but yeah, but I'm hearing you. Um, yeah, put on a break, think about it. Do you think it helps people maybe to talk to, like in in my cancer situation, there were social workers and counselors mm-hmm. and I went to the gathering place and I talked to people before I talked to my kids. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, you know, sometimes we have these conversations in our head and then when we go to speak them out loud, we can actually have a very physical, you know, we tear up, we, you know, it is mm-hmm. different than how we have it in our head. And True. so being able to talk it out first is really helpful. You can, you know, kind of get some advice. You can, you know, talk through some points where somebody else might be able to give you a little bit of feedback. Mm-hmm. You can feel empowered. I mean, when I talk to people, they often know what to say. You know, they often know, well, I think my kid might react this way and what's helpful when they get upset or this, that, and the other. But it's being able to, to, express it first, you know, before right. you take it in there. And that can be really helpful. I think, you know, definitely. Even if it's just a friend to talk yes. to. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just saying, yeah, I want to talk to the kids. And 
But I think, you know, I can't stress enough how important it is to be honest and truthful. I think the most well-meaning of parents want to protect their children from, you know, from discomfort and from pain. But what ends up happening is, you know, a lack of trust. Because kids right. are very intuitive and perceptive. They know something's off. They know mm-hmm. this doesn't feel right. You know, it's something. And then you'll see a little anxiety because they they don't know where it's coming from. They mm-hmm. don't know why things. They can't put their finger on it because there hasn't been a conversation. Mm-hmm. But they absolutely do know. So, you know, you're not protecting them from, you know, and I've heard lots of lines in the past, you know, to try to soften something, you know, but again... It, it, it can end up being really, really difficult. And, you know, the other thing, too, is then children, parents, when their mind is on that thing, you know, when that's come to the forefront, then when a child has any issue, that's where their mind goes. And so you kind of have to stop and say, you know, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, she's upset about grandma, but maybe she's just upset somebody sat in her seat at the bus or right. maybe. And so, you know, again, that's keeping those conversations open mm-hmm. and always using questions. Hey, you seem a little, oh, you seem upset. And just allowing them to vent. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes it's so hard because when our kids come to us and they're upset, we want to fix it. And, you know, and of course ding, ding, ding. we love them. We love <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, but yeah. I just recently... Um, I was, you know, recently listening to something and um, by, you know, a wonderful parenting expert. And she was saying, you know, the one of the best things we can do is just to be that sounding board. Yeah. Because, you know, and the example she was using was, you know, your kid in, in school and coming home and being like, oh, and you'll never believe. And then this person got put on my team for the project. They never do anything. And immediately we either want to, you know, give our wisdom and advice to the child or we want to say, you know, well, maybe it's not that bad or you're not looking at it again. And why are we doing that? We're doing that because their discomfort is uncomfortable to Mm -hmm. us. We're doing that because we fear what if they can't work in the world? What if they can't figure things out? I mean, all of our stuff jumps ahead. And really, if we just listen and we just empathize Mm -hmm. and we just say, you know what? I'm so glad you told me that must really be hard. That enables them to go back and work it out for themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, years of parenting just flashed before my eyes as you were talking. <laughs> I mean, so I'm just thinking about, you know, bullying situations or the project mm-hmm. situations or social interactions or problems with teachers. And and I, for years and years, I would try to jump in and try to fix everything, whether it was telling them what to do or how I'd approach it or, oh, when I was a kid, this happened mm-hmm. to me and this is what I did. Um, and or even getting involved in calling the teacher, calling the school, going yeah. to the school. Like, and then I wonder later on in their years, like, why am, you know, <laughs> realizing, <laughs> oh, man, I am the you know, supreme helicopter parent. Um, And then on the opposite end of that, my husband, who is just the sweetest guy in the world, he always wants to comfort people and make people feel like, well, it's not that bad. Look on the bright Mm -hmm. side, you know. And so he it almost he's trying to help someone feel better, but the kids read it as someone minimizing their situation. And so, you know, Maybe it's too late, but we've gotten to the point now where they're young adults and we just listen, you know, and I just am constantly taking temperature. How are you feeling? What's going on? 
you know, and I hear the stuff and I'm like, man, that sucks. That's that. That's that was inappropriate. That was rude. I can totally see why you're upset. And if they ask, then I might give some advice. But I wait for that now because I'm 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 trying to do that with my friends, too. Like, I just can't jump in and fix everything all the time. That's a boundary I've had to learn to set. And they don't want that. They Mm -hmm. just want to talk to somebody and share their feelings. You know, there's so much wisdom in just in either waiting or saying, you know, is there anything I can do to help? Mm -hmm. But you're you're not assuming that you're supposed to fix it or assuming Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. they're even asking for your help. Mm -hmm. They're just sharing that with you. And, you know, I think that's that's really powerful. And when you just listen and you're there if they need more than that, but you're not pushing that, it shows your trust in them. I trust you to be able to handle this. Mm-hmm. And that says a lot, you know, mm-hmm. versus trying to rush it. But we all we all do it because we love our kids. It's hard. I mean, you know, even the other day I had to laugh and, you know, I didn't take any offense to it, but my daughter said, it was later in the evening, and she said, I want to ask you something. It's kind of a big thing. And I don't really want you to, like, talk a lot. I just want you to answer. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And she goes, no, no, no. I mean, you know, not that I don't like what you have to say and it's helpful and everything. But this time, I, I just really, can we just keep it? Sh- I'm kind of tired. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I might have overdone it at times, you know. I've literally caught myself responding yeah. and realizing I'm giving a lecture mm-hmm. and stopping and going, oh, my God, I didn't realize. I didn't mean to give you a lecture. I'm sorry. I, you know, I don't know where that came from. Right. Um. But yeah, it's like you like you said, you want to impart your wisdom. Of, yeah. You know, I've been there. I've done that. I can tell you how to live your life, you know, and no, it, it's. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some questions like if someone com- if a kid comes to you. Or let's say you can tell a kid's going through something, mm-hmm. but, but you don't know what it is. Right. Like, what are some ways to introduce the conversation? Like, hey, I noticed you kind of seem low lately. What's going on? Like without, you know, yeah, closing them down. Yep. Um, well, so a couple things. So the first thing I'm thinking of is sometimes we have an inkling what it may be. And mm-hmm. kids will tell you if you're wrong. So you, but you can throw it out kind of in a, in an easygoing way, you know, like, let's say you think, you know, you're, you've, you think maybe something's going on at school. Maybe your kid has sort of said, you know, something about, oh, recess is my least favorite. And and you're thinking, oh, that probably has something to do with friends or something like that or, mm-hmm. you know, um, or maybe they're not, they're dragging their feet and don't want to go to school or, you know, or saying some things and you're like, geez, where's this coming from? So the first thing is I think you make a lot of headway just by acknowledging how hard it is to be a kid. I will say to my kid, you know, being a kid is not easy. Being in, you know, elementary school is not easy. Being in middle school is not easy. So, you know, I have kids all across the board. And so Mm -hmm. I'll say, you know, it's just really hard. It's just really hard. And, you know, sometimes what can be the hardest is, and then you insert the thing, you know, sometimes kids, you know, have said to me in the past, or I've known kids, I'll keep it general. I've known kids who just really you know, sometimes their friend group that they've been getting along with, all of a sudden, now they feel a little excluded. And they're just feeling, it just feels lonely and it just feels hard. And you're Mm -hmm. just not sure how Mm -hmm. it's going to be that day. 
And so that sometimes is just your opening. And sometimes you'll get shut down right then and there only for them again when they're about to get out of the car or it's bedtime. <laughs> After they've processed but you've a little. opened the door. You've mm-hmm. let them know. You've communicated. I'm here if you want to talk. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of your big feelings. I'm here. I'm open. And so, you know, giving an example, acknowledging that it's hard or acknowledging, you know, hmm, you seem like, I don't know, you seem a little quiet. What do you think that's about? But again, you're not accusing, you know, you're not like, why are you so blah, blah, blah? You know, why aren't you doing this? It's just sort of you're curious. You're curious because you care and you're sending that message like I've noticed. But here's the tricky thing with this. You have to model the reverse. How many times has your child said to you, what's wrong, mom? Nothing. Mm, I'm fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We model that. Yeah. I do that. I have caught myself doing it. I have caught myself and stopped. And, and it's said, obvious something is wrong. And, yes. And, yeah, it's oh, obvious. Totally. Yeah. I have caught myself, stopped, and said, and it doesn't mean that if it's not something I want to talk about, I have to talk about it. But I can say, actually, you know, today just didn't go as planned. And there were some things that were sort of stressing me out. And I don't need to talk about them. But, you know, thanks for noticing. Or... You know, mm-hmm. you're modeling that it's, mm-hmm. you know, that behavior all the time. And going back to the really, you know, the hard conversations where you think you might be emotional and you think, you know, so often we want to say, oh, we have to be strong for the kids. Well, then when you want to know why your child won't open up, mm-hmm. you've modeled that, oh, we don't, we're not going to show emotion about we this. We're going to be we strong. We don't talk about feelings. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so you have to also keep in mind that it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to, I, you know, you said you know, something when you were sharing the story about your daughter and I said, you said, I don't know if it's too late now, never too late. I can't, I, you know, you can go back at any point. I, you can go back to when they were little. I think there is healing that can happen when you say, you know, I remember a long time ago and you came to me and, you know, I wish I would have handled that better. Mm -hmm. You know, now that I'm thinking about that, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I said this or I got scared Mm -hmm. or, and, you know, you, again, you're modeling that you're taking accountability. I mean, the big thing in my personal, um, you know, not professional, but personal life is trying to to take real accountability for my reactions. So let's say I ask my, you know, child to do something. They're not having their best day. They don't do it. I ask again. They don't do it. I ask a third time, but I blow up this time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have to acknowledge with a conversation when that's over that one, we need to, we need to talk about, you know, respecting the rules of this house. And when I ask you to do something, you know, tell me a little bit more. Maybe you didn't want to do it right then, but you didn't say that, you know, we need to have a conversation. But also that part where I yelled, that's on me. You didn't make me do that. I made me did that. You know, I made myself do that. And that's on me and I'm sorry. And I'm working on that. Yeah. So, you know. I have done that with, we've been in situations and I have to say they, they acknowledge Mm -hmm. it and thank me for apologizing or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Everybody blows up. Nobody's perfect. Right. right? Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. We all are living our lives. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We can be honest, but we don't need to be explicit. Yep. Right. There's a such a thing as TMI yes. <laughs> parenting, yes. and some things are just not appropriate to share with kids, and they don't need to know everything. They just kind of need to know 
in general terms what's happening, how it impacts them, how it impacts the family. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the younger the child, the more it's, you know, just the acute stuff. Like what will their day next few days look like? You know, is it going to change in those next few days? They don't need to know beyond that. It's Mm -hmm. little bits of information, Mm -hmm. you know, little conversations at a time. You know, if there's going to be big changes, how can we help, you know, minimize, keep routine is really important. You know, look, there's the calendar. So this shows us how it's going to be different. You know, it's Mm -hmm. little strategies like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what if a kid comes to you and they're bringing up a top, like you didn't go to them. They come to you. They bring up a topic that is specific, not specific, um, sensitive Mm -hmm. or activating or something that, not triggers, but... um, Sorry, cut that out, Noah. Uh, <laughs> something that causes big emotions to bubble up, yeah. right? Like maybe you have some trauma that you went through or something that's just especially sensitive, you know, for you personally. How Top do you... thesaurus synonym is insights, maybe? Insights. Oh, that's I like a that. good one. Like I, like I like insights. Maybe that's contributing. I don't know. Well, maybe leave this in because, <laughs> you know... Beverly and I were talking before we recorded about how the word triggering is is we're trying not to use that word because it's a little loaded now. It's oh my yeah. god, Noah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, you're a wonder. You really are. That's funny. <laughs> so <a> bad. <laughs> but yeah. So I like what. What did you say? Insights. Insights. That's insights. Good. Insights. You know, big emotions. Big emotions. And, right. And yeah. some some things come up. You know. Um, my kids got bullied in school. I got bullied in school. Mm-hmm. So how do I keep myself out of it, right? Yeah. And listen to their feelings and provide a safe place for them to talk to me about it. How do I keep myself out of it? Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. So the first thing I want to say is, again, this goes to recognizing your own feelings, bringing that self-awareness to, whoa, okay, that just that just hit on some stuff for me. And this is where children are our greatest teachers. And, you know, I was once told that wherever you really maybe had challenges or butted heads with your parent or had a really rough time in your childhood, could have been elementary, middle school, wherever that was, that's going to come up for you as a parent. Mm -hmm. So that is going to be a sensitive time when your child's going through it. And, you know, instead of looking at that as like, oh, great, now I can, you know, it can be, you know, I get it twice. I can impart my wisdom. Yeah. yeah but instead of, yeah, or, or geez, yeah. it's now it's just going to be harder looking at it as the gift that it is. It's this opportunity to heal, right? Because we mm-hmm. all have these wounds that we carry from, you know, our experiences and many of them happened in childhood. You know, many are the things that we carry with us. And so when the child brings something up and it incites that feeling in you, you're first going to bring your awareness to it. And it is okay. Life is not jeopardy. So sometimes you can say, oh my gosh, I am so glad you asked me that. I'm so glad you're coming to me with this. Whew, that is a really, can I think on that a little bit? Mm. Can I, you know, I want to really give you a good answer or I want to really be able to sit down and, and talk about this. And so let me have a little time or maybe Instead of, because your mind's going to go a mile a minute with Mm -hmm. your thoughts, feelings, the wisdom you want to impart, all of it. Instead, maybe they don't need all of that. So go back to your questions. Ooh, wow. Tell me a little bit more about why you're thinking about that. Or where did you hear about that? Or 
what's on your mind? And you're going to get out more of really what's their core question and what's, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's going to be really helpful for you when you need to answer. And so then you can look at it and you can kind of separate, you know, again, their experience is their experience, you know, so it's like you can kind of parcel out either by giving yourself space or asking them more questions, you know, what they really are asking and what they really, what information they really need um, and not kind of put all your stuff on it. That is such a great point that the the question they come to you with may not be the real question. So, you know. Maybe we could dig in a little more about active listening. Like, how do you how do you get to the crux of the matter of like, where is this coming from? Right. So again, we want to be listening to hear, not listening to respond, and we want to ask those open ended questions that kind of get to you know the point of what are, what are you thinking about here, and you know mm-hmm. what brought this up for you. Um, I'm so glad. Tell me more about that. And by your body language and by asking those questions, they're more likely to open up and they're more likely to share with you what's going on. And you know, in the beautiful fashion that kids do, they'll also let you know when they're done. Then all of a sudden, sometimes it's just about getting that emotion out. So they might ask something, and then they might, you know, just asking a tough question. You know, I can remember. My daughter, um, when she was young, got really anxious about something. And um, I was, at the time, I was, you know, having to utilize some childcare. I was taking her to a place um, so that I could get to work. You know, I was working at the gathering place and I was wanting to, you know, I needed to drop her off. And she was showing some anxiety and she was getting upset. And I was like, honey, what is it? You know, you can tell me what, you know, just what is it, honey? And she was like, at quiet, I could just tell it was just and she couldn't. And then she got really close to me. And she kind of buried her face in my neck. And she whispered, I barely heard it. And she's like, sometimes I think you drop us off because you you don't want to be with us. And I mean, Mm. talk about knife to the heart. It was devastating. But I probably in my rush, come on, come on, come on. We're out the door. Let's go. I got to go. Mommy's got to go. You know, which we all have done. And I, you know, and your instant reaction is to want to be like, how could you think that? No, of course. And instead, you know, I tried to, in the moment, do the right thing with a huge hug. And I am so glad. That must have been so hard to say. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you told me that. And I'd like to tell you that that is never, ever the case. You know, and we use language sometimes when we're exhausted that our kids, the younger they are, can sometimes take to heart, you know. So, in, for example, we might say, oh, you guys drive me crazy or, oh, I'm just you, that's I'm exhausted, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when something happens, whether, you know, we have to leave or whether, you know, we get a sickness or something, you know, there is that tendency, especially for the younger magical thinking age group right. to feel I like caused I caused this. this. Yeah. 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 So, you know, going back to your question about using that active listening is being able to just sit in some stillness and give them time to get it out. Sometimes they can't get it out right then and there. And you say, I want you to know that I am open to hearing this anytime. And so sometimes we need a little time. Sometimes, if and this is, works really good for older kids, um, what if I journaled you? What if I gave you a little journal with a special pen and sometimes the things that are hard to say out loud, you just wrote down and you leave it in my room and we can either talk about it or I can write you a note back. Oh, wow. Or, that's a, that's a great technique. And it's just, it, it takes the yeah. pressure off a little yeah. bit. And it's also kind of good for you as a parent. So, 
you don't go in with your long, you know, Mm -hmm, spiel mm -hmm. or speech sometimes because sometimes it's just enough to get it out. Anytime anyone, you know, that I'm working with or, you know, or a parent friend that says, oh, my gosh, it was just so hard. My child said the other day that they're, you know— and it was a recent example. Somebody was saying that their child was really having trouble with friends at school. And she's like, and it's just so hard, and I just feel so bad. And I said, but she told you. She yeah. came and told you. And even though we feel so helpless sometimes, that is so huge. And think about in our own adult lives when something's rough, if we have one person, a trusted person that we can go to and we can say, oh, my gosh, it was so awful— They can't fix it, but we feel lighter. We feel better. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, you know, when we do, when I do support groups with kids, I mean, the whole point is to elicit emotional expression. And a real tool that's helpful that you can do in your home is kids can talk a little easier when they are busy, when their hands are moving. So get those coloring book and crayons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Come up with, you know, I mean, and it, you don't have to be artistic. You don't have to be crafty. You don't, It's not mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. It's just you, you could be playing cards, a deck of cards, yeah, a game, yeah. and then you bring up that thing. Things come out. You know, I noticed every time at the end of the school day, you know, I don't know. I see you seem like a little frustrated. How's it been going? You know, how are your teachers? I know, I know sixth grade is so hard or whatever, you know. Yeah. And again, it's just their their hands are busy. Maybe you're having a snack, maybe, and it can just flow a little bit easier. And that time can be so valuable. And when they get older, I know with mine, like middle school, high school, um, I would make excuses for us to go in the car mm-hmm. side by side, right? Yes. One's in the passenger seat and I'm next to them driving. And we're not making eye contact and music's on and the most profound conversations happen. Like just it, stuff comes out. And, You're so right. And it's it's where a lot of processing happened for my kids um, and where I was able to really listen and, and just try to be honest and, you know, impart some wisdom, but yeah. not, but not lecture, you know what I mean? Yes. And just, yeah. So um, I think we've had some of the most honest heart to heart conversations in the car. I love talking with you. You're, you're always such a um, font of knowledge oh. and, <laughs> and so fun to talk to. And um, is there anything we didn't cover that you want to bring up about, you know, talking to your kids or Gosh. dealing with being a parent in oh, general? It's just, you know, to... Really love and nurture yourself. I mean, there is a real trickle-down effect. So when you feel a stab of guilt because, well, you know, we we really have a tendency, whether we are conscious or not conscious of it, we have a tendency to kind of score in our mind, well, I can sit down and grab some food after I've done this, this, and this. Like, you're not worthy (laughs) just Mm -hmm. to sit down and have Mm -hmm. your lunch or to sit down and take a rest. Or I can tell my child, I love being with you, but right now I am so tired and I, I just need to sit with my book for a minute or, you know, so no judgment and to take care of yourself because that does have a direct correlation. Not only do you feel better and you have more to give, but your child sees what it's like to prioritize your own well-being mm-hmm. and you give that gift to them. Mm-hmm. So you tell mm-hmm. them, you know, that it's okay for you to do it too. And it's just we, we care so much about trying to get it right and it's so hard and so to go easy on yourself. Yeah. One of my favorite YouTubers, <laughs> she just... She constantly looks at the camera and just says, you're doing a good job. You're okay. You're doing a good job. 
you're going to be okay. Yes. And I love that. And, you know, parents out there, you're doing a good job. Yes, just, absolutely. Just take care of yourself so you can take care of your kids. That's right. Okay. Well, thank you, Beverly. Oh, my gosh. This has been great. Oh, I love it. I hope you'll come back sometime. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. And thank you so much. A few things before we go. In case you missed it, we've started a book club. You guys, we are so freaking excited about this. Our first book is No, How to Stop Saying Yes When You Can't, You Shouldn't, or You Just Don't Want To by Sarah Knight. She's also known for the life-changing magic of not giving a fuck and other no fucks given guidebooks. Um, it's a hilarious but also insightful and pragmatic book. It's small and chapters are bite-sized, so at least for this overscheduled girl, it's totally doable. And get this. The author will be coming on the podcast to discuss the book with us. Get yourself a copy, read it, then listen in when we talk with Sarah Knight next week. Got questions or a boundary-setting success story or flop? It's easy to get in touch with us. Send an email through our website, hardnopodcast.com. DM us on social, we're at hardnopodcast. Or leave a message at 216-370-3410. We'll be featuring some of our favorite questions and messages in future mailbag episodes. So get in touch. You can find show notes and a transcript of today's episode on our website, hardnopodcast.com. Make sure to like and subscribe on your favorite listening platform so you don't miss any new episodes. And if you liked what you heard, please give us a rating and review, especially on Apple, so others can find us too. That's a Hard No is a production of Clever Girl Marketing, my strategic marketing agency based here in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. You can learn all about us at clevergirlmarketing.com. It's written by me, Heather Drago, and our amazing marketing and production coordinator, Mara Del Rosario. Production support, Evergreen Podcast, Noah Fouts, producer and editor extraordinaire. Our awesome new rock anthem was written by Noah and performed by his band, The Big Leagues. I love it so much. Thank you, Noah. We've added some new folks to the team. Shout out to Ink Factory, the incredibly talented team of artists who've partnered with us to produce our animated video clips. You can find them at inkfactorystudio.com. And last but not least, Jake Donnelly, the videographer and photographer who's the creative force behind our YouTube videos. You demand, Jake. You can find him at rjdonnelly.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay. Saying no is the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So do it. Find your no. Then say it unapologetically. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things, from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do, so you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to the Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts, or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way.